Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Well, good morning, good morning. Hope everybody is having some fun. Happy Sunday to you. I waited seven days for Sunday, and here it is. Come on. I absolutely love it. I hope you do too. And just, a little, just something so that you know, we realize it's starting to get a little bit fuller in here. And, and knowing that, we went and we actually, we asked the school, we said, would you guys be okay with us kind of mounting some things, installing some stuff in here so that we could have a little bit more room? It would help us. And they're like, we just prayed. And we're like, God, that would be so great. It would be nothing for them. It wouldn't really help them at all. It would just be really helpful for us. And they're like, yes, absolutely. Go right ahead. Go for it. So what we're going to be doing is that projector in the back, that's going to get us 25 more seats, but that's going to get hung from the ceiling. The lights that are on the side that you kind of don't trip over and you guys never have, that's awesome, or you haven't told me about it, thank you. <laughs> but those are also going to get hung from the ceiling, and then something that's going to be a huge help, which I did not think the school would say yes to. I thought they'd say maybe yes to the projector. And I was talking with the guy about it. I'm like, you know, the projector would be great. He's like, yeah, we can do that. And I'm like, you know, the lights would be, would be really great. And he's like, we could probably do that. And I'm like, and if you want to, like, shoot the moon, make my dreams come true, I'm like, I want to hang some really big black speakers from the ceiling. And they're like, go right ahead. The principal's fine with it. Um, the school's been absolutely amazing. So we're going to get those up in the air. That's going to help you guys in the back get the sound to you without blasting my front row quite as much. That's really going to help coming up. And we're just so grateful to the school uh, just for being so open to us being here and making it easy. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, we just, you, you guys are amazing. The teardown teams and what you guys do like every week you guys are in here and we leave this place cleaner than when we came in and it makes a difference. They just love having us here. So I want to say a huge thank you to all of those teams and each and every one of you. Let's give them just a big hand for all that. Thank you guys so much. It's been really, really fun. And our mission, here's what we want to do. You're like, why am I here? What's going on? What do these guys want? We want to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. Now, you need, the number one need that everybody has is Jesus. You need to be your sins forgiven, and you need to know why you're here. Like, you need Jesus. But after that, there's more. You need to know what your gifts are and how to use them to build the kingdom of God. It's fun to do the things you're good at, right? We kind of gravitate towards the things we're good at. We're not like, I'm really bad. Like, I know what I'm bad at. Like, do not make me sweat copper pipes. They will leak. Like, just tiny little pinholes, they will leak. Just every time. Now, if I'm making furniture out of copper pipes, sure, I can sweat those, but n not, no. Pex is a godsend. Those shark bite things, I know they're $10 a piece for the cheap ones, but I'm like, it's worth it. It's worth it for me. I know what I'm not good at. We gravitate towards the things we're good at, but it is, it is a whole nother level and a whole nother thing when we get to use those things to build the kingdom of God to make an eternal impact in the kingdom. And so that's what we're about. And that's why you hear us talk so much about small groups, about getting in small groups, and you, you connecting with some people and discovering that can help to build up those gifts in you. That's why we have this thing called Growth Track, which we dismissed right between that second and third song. And every month, that's what happens during the service in the back. There's a room right behind the stage here 
where it's a four-week class that you can go to and learn a bit more about your giftings to help you start in a direction to use your gifts to make a difference, to not just make something, but to make a difference. And that's what we're about. Now, if you're here and you're kind of new, let me tell you what we're not. We're not a church that you just walk in and walk out of. We are not. We need you. For this church to be and do all that God wants it to be as a body, and the church is a body of believers. It's not a building. We don't have a building. This is the school. But a church is a body of believers that comes together to build each other up because we're all different, and we build each other up. We need you. So if you've been coming in and going out and you, you're visiting, that's great. But if you've decided that Life West is your home church, then we need you on that team. And that team is called the Dream Team. And that's where we get to make some people's dreams come true. We get to introduce them to Jesus, help you find your gifts and work in those and build the kingdom of God. So if you call Life West home and you have not yet joined the Dream Team, do it today, this week. Join us. We need you to be the, the hands and feet and to help us do all that God's created us to do. And with that, we're in a series right now called Simple Truths. Now, simple does not mean easy, but it's simple truths. And the real verse that we've been looking at last week and we're going to continue with this week is 2 Corinthians 5, 7 that says, for we live by faith and not by sight. Now, typically when, I, when, when I'm preaching, when I share a message, we start I like to introduce something, and I want to answer your questions, and we kind of go through it. It's a linear progression. We kind of go. But with faith, we, started, we talked about this last week. This is a little bit different because we kind of lay a foundation, and just like you're building a wall, you go right back to where you started, and then you lay the next row. And then you go right back to where you started, and you lay the next row because you're building on what was already there. You're building on what you just did before. So when it comes to faith, that's what we're going to be doing. We're kind of we're going to back up and reintroduce those same things we kind of did last week, but then we're going to build on them higher and in a different way this week. So Hebrews 11.1, 1, what is faith? We mentioned it last week, and it's here still again. Now, faith is the insurance. It's the title deed confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. Divinely guaranteed. Again, you can hope for anything that you want, whatever team you want to win, you, you hope all you want. But faith comes when we're standing on a guarantee, a divine guarantee. Another way of saying that is a promise of God. Standing on a promise of God. And the evidence of things not seen. The conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. This is what faith is. That's what it is, very simply. And we said, every believer has faith. This isn't something you're looking for, and you're not praying, God, give me faith. You have faith. Ephesians 2, verse 8 says, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. Through faith. So you have faith. If you are a believer, you have faith. But now, what are you supposed to do with that faith? And that's what we really began talking about last week, is what do we do with it? And that faith is meant to grow because we are meant to walk by faith. Our faith should grow. Romans 4.19, talking about Abraham, it says this. It says, And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though about a 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. God came to Abraham and said, You're going to be the father of nations. And he's over a 100 years old, and he's like, mm, I know there's some, there's, there's some issues with that. Like, there's... 
Some things don't do what they used to do. Okay? He's like, this, this isn't working. He figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah, his wife's womb. Abraham never, never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, what does it say? His faith grew stronger. Our faith is meant to grow. So how does faith come and how does faith grow? And that's what we're going to get into. Romans 10, 17 says, Consequently, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, so we need to be in God's word because we can't know what God's word says if we don't read it. We, we need to know what it says. We need to be in there. We've got to be in there. But then the next thing is we need to exercise our faith. And let's that's, that's, that's take some little steps. Psalms says this in Psalms 37, 20, says, the Lord directs the steps of the righteous. This is a step. Doesn't take me very far, does it? This is like a hop. That's a little bit more. But steps, they really don't take us very far. But you want to know how you walk a mile? One step at a time. Right? You want to know how you walk a hundred miles? One step at a time. The Lord directs the steps. And when it comes to faith, let me just say, we take steps. When I talk about faith, most, most Christians, we think of stories that we've heard, just of amazing stories, whether it's, it's stories that come from the Bible or stories of things that we know and grandparents or people that we've heard about and books that we've read of, of people raising somebody from the dead or knowing what airplane not to get on. And they're like, this is what I had to do. And, and God's directing and we're like, wow, wow. But let me just say, it starts with a step. And then it goes step by step. God leads us. So faith grows because we start small. If I was to go to the gym and try to bench 350 pounds right now, you want to know what would happen? I would need two spotters. Becca's already laughing. He's like, he can't do it. I haven't done that in years. I've done it before. You want to know what I could do, though? Is I could go to the gym today, tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day. And you want to know what I could do? I could build up to it again. If I exercise, I could do something that I can't do right now. Our faith is the same. Our faith is the same. When we trust God in small things, we learn how to trust him in big things. I'll use me as an example because I have them, not because I'm amazing, but just because these, these are my, it's my story. So I'll use it. So I went to Bible college. I felt after high school, I was like, this is what I want to do. Um, the, the impact that my my youth pastor had on me, I was like, I want to have that on somebody else. I, that's what I want to do. So I went off to Bible schools, like, I'm going to be a youth pastor. Um, and then while I was doing youth, I was like, I'll probably be at a small church where they won't hire one person for one thing, so I'm also going to do kids at the same time. And I got involved, like, I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. This is where God laid on my heart. And I'm like, all right, here I go. So I, I begin and I go to do it. I moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I'm like, I'm going, I'm going to go do this. And I get down there and I couldn't find a job. I am looking and looking and looking, and I'm like, nobody wants to hire me. And I'm getting farther and farther and farther away from, from the campus and my apartment and everything else, just trying to find a job. And I'm like, this isn't good. And one day, month, one month, just uh, rent comes due. And I'm like, I don't have the money. I believe it was $283. 
And I'm like, I, 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 don't, I don't have it. And I'm thinking, I'm like, did I buy something I can return? Like, how do I get this money? Like, what do I, what do I need to do here? And I remember I, I went to the mailbox. It was one of those little community box things, and I, I took the key, and I opened up, and I opened up, and I pull out a letter, and it has my name on it, has a return address, and I'm like, who is this? I have no idea who this is. And at that point in my life, I'm like, everything I get in the mail is a bill. <laughs> like, I hate getting the mail. Like, this isn't fun. It's not like, wee, I like mail. No. So I open this up, and I open it up, and there's a check made out to me, and nothing but a check in this. And it's for $283. And I'm like, this is awesome. I'm like, God provided. I'm like, this is awesome. So next, the next month, rent is due again. So I go to the mailbox, and I'm like, come on. And there was nothing there. But I also had, I'd gotten hired on. I, I became a bellman at a hotel. And I'm at that hotel, and I'm working as a bellman. And I'm like, God provided. I'm like, I know he did. He provided. And I'm working at this hotel, and um, I had got his favor on me, for sure. I was a bellman, and... There was a little bit of a situation, though, because I wasn't the head bellman, so I would work, I would get great tips, and the other bellman would see that I was making lots of money, and they're like, you can go home. I'm like, I haven't made enough, I need more money, and they're like, no, you, you can go home now. And I would just, they're like, how do you get all the good ones? And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, because I'm following God, going where he asked me to, and he's providing for me. I'm at this hotel, and I'm like, yes, God, God's going to do this. God's going to provide for me. Well, the job wasn't covering the bills now because now the other bellmen don't want me to work because I'm getting the big tips, so they're like, you go home. I'm like, now this isn't working. And one day I'm sitting there, and a uh, man comes down the escalator towards me, and he says, hey, um, could you help me with some stuff a minute? It doesn't look like you guys are very busy. And I'm like, sure. And he's got a, um, this was the Adams Mark Hotel, and he's got a little badge on it, and it says Hans. And I'm like, sure, Hans, what, what do you need? And he's like, I'm, I run the AV here. Could you help me set some stuff up? I'm like, sure, what do you want? And he's like, well, if you could just move the equipment in. So I go move some equipment in. I go, would you like me to wire it up for you? And he goes, do you know how? And I go, sure, absolutely. So I ran over there and I wired up some stuff for him and got him all set up. And he came back in and he goes, you know how to do this and you're doing that? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, well, this isn't on your resume. Why, why didn't you put this on your resume? And I'm like, because I wasn't applying to do audiovisual stuff. I was applying to be a bellman. And he's like, we need you. And I'm like, I need more money. <laughs> and, and he says, great, we'll work it out. Come work for me right now. And I'm like, okay. So they hire me to that, and I get this little raised thing. And a couple weeks go by, and I'm like, um, thank you so much, this isn't enough money. And they're like, well, we think it is. And I'm like, then I got to go somewhere else. Like, this isn't enough money. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm just like squeaking one to another. And I'm like, I'm running my car. Thank goodness I had a Toyota Celica. The thing got like 32 miles to the gallon. It was awesome. But when that thing hit E, I was like, just praying. I'm like, I can't fill it up yet. <laughs> I know I can. I'm like, please, please, please. It was a manual. So I just didn't get it in neutral and just coast. So I would just coast for miles and miles. I'm like, there's a stop sign somewhere. Like that was the, the finances just were not there. So I went and I told him, I'm like, this is not working. And they're like, well, we're paying you as much as we can. I'm like, then I have to look for something else. And I told him, and he goes, hold on a little longer. I'm like, okay. 
So I worked with them for a bit longer, and they dragged this on like week in and week out. I'm like, Hans, this isn't enough. And then I'd get paid, and I would barely, and I'm like, okay, I had to borrow some money from my older brother, which is the worst. The absolute worst. I don't know if you've ever borrowed money from family, but I had to borrow money from my brother, and he's like, I've had to do this for everybody. So and I'm like, oh, shut up. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't working. And he's like, just hold on, hold on. And, and they drug me along for probably two months like that. I'm like, okay, I have to quit. And I got called in um, to HR. And the guy sits me down, and he's like, thank you so much for being patient. He's like, I know you're getting 15 an hour, and you wanted 17. You said you could get by on that. He's like, um, we're not going to do the 17. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I got so mad. I'm like, you punks. Like, oh, it's been months. And he goes, we're going to do 20. And I go, really? And he goes, yes. And he goes, and I'm so sorry. We're also going to. And he hands me a check. And he goes, this is back pay for every hour you've worked with us, including all of your bailman hours to make up the difference to make it $20 an hour for the months that you've been working here. And he goes, we've never done this for anybody and we'll never do this for anybody again. So don't tell anybody. And I just blew it because I told all of you. <laughs> but I sat there and I'm like, God is providing. And if God leads me and I go, he's going to provide. I had different people so many different times come up to me and they're like, hey, I'm working at that hotel. And they're like, do you have like family and corporate? And I'm like, I don't think so. Why? Do you know something I don't? Like, what, what do you mean? And I go, how do you get vacation? You're not supposed to get vacation until you work here for a year. And I'm like, I just ask. I don't, I don't know. I, ju I just ask. And I had amazing favor at that job. I'd leave and come home for the summer and work here. And I'd go back and they're like, whenever you get back here, we'll, we'd, we'd love to have you back. And yes, please. And, and it was amazing favor. You want to know why I had that favor? I know why. Because I followed God and he provided. Because God's word says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things he will add. But it started with just a little step of, okay, I'm going to go to Bible college. This is where I think God is leading me to do. And he, that check came in. I've never had that happen again. It was the exact amount. But you want to know what that did? That built my, that built my faith. That built my faith. And I'm at that job, and I'm trying to do that, and they do something for me they had never done before. I got to put new car, new, new wheels on the car, well, tires. I needed them so bad. I still got the cheap ones. I actually got minivan tires on my Celica. They were a little bit too big, and if I hit bumps with passengers in the back, they'd rub the wheel well just a little bit, but they were so much cheaper. They were so much cheaper than the ones that they wanted on that thing. But I had what I needed to do it, and it built my faith. Years later, I'm back, and I, I graduated college, and, and I was working at a church, and that church is like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're doing a building fund, a building campaign. They said, we want you to pray about how much you'll give as we're looking at what we'll be able to do in, in building this building. So I prayed about it. And I'm like, God, what, what, how, much, how much should I give? And, and I heard him speak. And when I say I heard him speak, it's not an, I've never heard an audible voice. I wish. That would be great. I'd love to argue audibly with God. That'd be really fun. Um, that, that's not what it was, but he speaks in my heart. And I'm praying, I'm like, God, what do I do? And he speaks to me, and he's like, one year's salary. And I'm like, this is going to be interesting. 
okay. And man, was it fun watching God provide. Again, God provided. I was able to take that step because I'd learned to hear his voice in the smaller things. So many Christians want to run a spiritual marathon today, but they've been living on their couch. And it's like, you can't go from couch to marathon without getting hurt. It's not going to go well. You can try. One of my dad's friends was like, yes, I can. This was years ago. And he tried. He ended up in the hospital. He was so sure he was just going to do it. It did not go well for him. But spiritually, that's what they want to do. They don't just want to start slow. Pray. Spend some time in God's word. And then pray about some things. Pray about the things that you know and learn to know what God's voice sounds like. To recognize God's voice and the difference between him and your own thoughts. The biggest decision I ever made, and honestly, the second, besides following Jesus, the biggest decision anyone will ever make is deciding to get married. And I remember I'd already decided that Becca was the one for me. I'd had seven days spending time with him. I'm like, yes, boom, I know it. I am positive. And we had, we had kind of decided that we were going to get married, and it wasn't like we hadn't told everybody yet because her parents were like, who is this weirdo? Absolutely not. Don't tell anybody. I got into a negotiation with my father, now father-in-law. He's like, we don't think this should happen quite yet. And he's like, six months. I'm like, how about three? You know, it was, it was just really funny. <laughs> But, so so we, had, we had known that we, we had decided that we were going to get married and it wasn't like this. Everybody didn't really know yet. And, and we were sitting down at my dining room table and I have no idea what it was about, but we started arguing about something. I have no idea what it was. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, I am not doing this for the rest of my life. Like that, that's, just, that's just what's going through my head. I'm like, absolutely not. Like somehow I will back out of this. And I get this this voice. Again, it's not something I hear, but God speaks to my heart. And he says this, he says, if you'll treat her the way that she deserves, and I knew what that meant, I knew that she's a child of God, that I need to cherish her, I, I knew everything that that meant, that it was God speaking this, he says, if you treat her the way that she deserves, she'll treat you better than you deserve. And I'm like, I know this voice. I've heard it before. And so I made the biggest decision I think anybody will ever make. And I was like, yeah, I am all in. And that voice was right. And I absolutely love it. I won the lottery when I got Becca. She is amazing. I don't know what she's doing with me. I have a right. We love being married. But I recognized this is God's voice. We're meant to grow in our faith and to not just be like, so many people are like, well, if I pray, what's God going to say? Is he just going to walk in and be like, give everything away? And they're like, I don't want to pray. I don't even want to pray. What if he does that? I don't know. <laughs> and you're like, don't worry about it. You're not even tithing. He's not, like, like start with what you know to do. Like, don't, he's not going to ask you to do all that when you're not even doing what he's already asked you to do. It's not going to happen that way. What's going to happen is you're going to take some steps, and you're going to pray, and you're going to ask God, and you're like, God, should I date this person? What about this? And God's going to speak to you, and he's going to say, no. And you're going to trust him. And, he, and it was, man, I know it's hard. And the more that we know and the more sure we are about something, the more we need to pray about it. 
the more we need to pray about it. But pray. And don't be afraid to get it wrong because you're going to. I'll just take all the pressure off. You will get it wrong. Promise. You, you will miss it. You will not get it right all the time. But here's what's going to happen. You're going to pray about something. You'll pray about the house, the job, the where should we move, what should we do, and God's going to speak to you. And you're going to be like, I don't know, was that God or not? And you'll miss it one of the times. And then you'll go ahead and do it. God said no, and you'll do yes, and then you'll be like, I was wrong. And you're going to look back and you're like, God, I wish I'd have listened to you when you spoke to me. And you're going to recognize that voice, and you're going to be like, okay, he does speak. That was him. And you're going to put that in your pocket, and you're going to remember, and you're going to pray again next time. And when that voice comes up, you'll be like, I remember what happened last time I didn't listen to you. I'm going to listen this time. And even when we miss it, God can use that to build our reliance on him, our desire to speak to him. But our faith is meant to grow. We're meant to walk by faith. So start small. Start small. The Lord directs the steps. He directs our steps. It doesn't take you a long way, but start small. Pray every day. Just wake up and be like, God, I don't know what's going to happen today, but you do. Is there anything that you need to tell me? And then just listen. And maybe he speaks and maybe he doesn't. But learn to hear that voice because he will. The Bible says that my sheep, they hear my voice and a stranger they will not follow. And we build faith in God. We know what his word has to say. And we build faith in God. And it doesn't always make sense. I know the times that it's the hardest is when it doesn't make sense. When we were going to launch the church, I'm praying, and this is before we decided to do this, I'm in my tree and I'm like, God, where? I'm, I'm, in a, I'm hunting. That's why I'm in my tree. So anyways, so I'm in my tree stand and I'm just, I'm up there and I'm praying and I'm like, God, what is it you have for me? What is it I'm supposed to be doing? I'm like, I just... All I want to do is like get behind vision and serve and I'm just like, I don't know what you have for me. I don't, I don't feel like I'm supposed to stay where I am, but I can't just keep like, what am I supposed to do? And I'm really just frustrated. And I hear that voice again. And that voice says in my heart, he says, well, what do you think pastors do? Lead pastors do. And I was like, I have no idea. And again, he spoke to my heart. And it wasn't an audible voice. I wish it was. I would have loved it if a squirrel would have jumped up on my knee and be like, thus says the Lord. That would be awesome. Okay? But that's not how he spoke to me. But he spoke to my heart. He says, I'll tell you. He says, you want to get behind vision and serve? He goes, I'll tell you what pastors do. He says, I give them vision and they serve people. And I walked out of the woods and I was like, I didn't get a deer, but I was like, yes, this is it. God, that is, that is what you have for me. That is what I want. But as I walk out, then all these thoughts begin to come in. They're like, I don't, are you sure that's God? And I'm like, yeah. But the thoughts come in and they're like, well, it doesn't make sense though. Because, because you were at a church where if you would have told them, hey, I want to start a church, they'd have helped you do that. But you left there and went to this other church and you had an opportunity and then you went and you helped these guys over here and you were there for a year and a half and now you're doing this. Because it's like, you look crazy is what you look like or the thoughts that run through my mind. Like, who's, who's going to want to be a part of a church? The guy's like, hey, I'm over here, I'm over here, I'm over here, I'm over here, now join me over here. 
These are what my thoughts are. But later I'm reading, and I'm reading Proverbs 20, and I come across Proverbs 24, 20, 24, and it says this, if the Lord directs your steps, so why try understanding everything along the way? And God spoke to me. I read a Proverbs every day. Almost every single day I read a Proverbs. I've read Proverbs 20 hundreds, if not thousands of times. I swear that verse was never there before. But I read it that day. God spoke to me through that verse, and I was like, yep. God, I'll be faithful. You take care of the results. I'll go where you lead. You take care of the results. Our faith is meant to grow. Don't be afraid about just asking God daily about what's going on in your life and praying and seeking after him. Just pray, because he wants to speak to you. He wants to lead you. And the big things that many of us want to do for God, they start small, and God's like, I'd love to, but you've got to learn to trust me in the little things. Start in the things that you already know to do. God's word says tithe, so do it. That's 10% to your church. If this isn't your church, give it to your church. If this is your church, this is where you do that. Spend time with God daily so that you can know what his word has to say. Pray first. Don't make it a last resort. Get in God's word and pray. That's what it says to do, so do it. Do it and watch what happens. Watch how he begins to speak with you. If you know what God's word says, do it. So often we want him to show us these great things, but we don't want to listen to the things he's already said. If you're dating an unbeliever, don't. Don't do it. Here's what 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. If you are dating, this is God's word. You don't need a word from God. You've already got a word from God. Don't do it. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? But it's working, you say. It's not God's best. Learn to trust what his word says. Before you make that move and you move across country for the great job, what church are you going to go to? Seek first the kingdom of God. Pray about it. God will guide you. And just begin to put God first. I so don't understand how so often people will look for colleges for their kids and they get so excited about the school they're going to go to. And I'll ask them, like, what church will they attend while they're there? And they have no idea. And I'm like, seek first the kingdom of God. I'm like, you're going to send them there into that atmosphere without, them, without knowing what church they're going to go to and having the pastor's name on speed dial? Like, are you serious? Like, seek first the kingdom of God. Really do these things and watch what happens. Watch the fruit that comes when we seek first the kingdom of God and we're living by faith. We're saying, God, your word is true, so that is what I'm going to do. We follow after him. We follow after him. Proverbs 3, verse 5 says this, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. That's the easy part. And then it says, and lean not on your own understanding. That's the hard part. Because you're like, but this looks really good. Like everything, I've had that. I've had that, I'm like, everything looks good. And God's like, don't do it. And I'm like, but everything looks good, God. You've got to be wrong. 
because everything looks good. Like it lines up. This is going to work really good. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And I do it. And the thing that looks amazingly good instantly isn't. And I'm like, how can that, how? How is this so bad? It shouldn't be. And God's like, I told you so. And I'm like, no, you told me not to. You didn't say it would be this. But we have to not lean on our own understanding. But we do that because we trust him in the little things where we pray and we're like, God, I need your help. I need your peace. I don't know how to handle this situation. I've got this thing coming up. What do I need to do? And God's like, ask. We start small. The Lord directs the steps of the righteous. So let me ask you this. Where's God leading you? What are some things that he's already told you to do? Maybe it's to study his word or just to encourage somebody. You've had that feeling that you're like, I, need, I, I, I should call them or I should stop by. I, I should encourage them. Go and do it. You're like, man, I've, I've wanted, I've thought about hosting a small group. Do it. Maybe God's led you to pray for someone. And you're like, I don't know. Can I just pray for them and not with them? Like, does that, does that count? And God's like, no, then, then go do it. But if you're faithful in the little, your faith is going to grow when you watch what happens. You're taking a step and you learn to hear his voice. Why do trains take so long to stop? Because of all the weight they've got behind there. And spiritually, that's what happens, is you learn to trust God, and you just add another thing, and another thing, and another thing. And it's another train car, and another train car, and another train car, and another train car. And it gets to the point that you're cruising, you're like, this is where God has led me, this is where I'm going, and the obstacles come up, but you have so much of God's faithfulness behind you that the obstacle comes up, and you're like, you couldn't stop me if you tried, and you just plow right through it. And people look and like, why aren't you afraid? And you're like, God's faithful, he's going to be faithful again. And they're like, what do you mean? And you're like, the check that I needed in the mail, the one time I needed it, he sent it. The time that I needed favor, and I needed just, just un, unimaginable favor, God gave it so that I could be where he needed me to meet. God did it then, he'll do it again. He'll do it. And we just hold on. Years, years ago, uh, Molly had been born. Shortly after Molly was born, God spoke to my heart again and was like, you need to pay off your house. And I'm like, okay, okay. And I, I, I talked to back, and, and he, he really did. God laid it on both of our hearts to pay off the house. And what he laid on our hearts is, you need to be free to do what I want you to do. And I'm like, I'm, I think I'm doing what you want me to do. <laughs> like, I, I really do, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of arguing, like, I'm doing what you want me to do. I was youth pastoring, I was like, I'm absolutely loving this, but God laid it on my heart, like, you need to pay off this house. It took us five years to do it. And we lived completely different than everybody else around us. They, they would go out to eat, we did not. They would go shopping, we did not. They would buy stuff, we did not. Beans and rice would have been an upgrade. Like that was like Dave Ramsey, uh-huh, uh-huh. No, 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 no. The gazelle, no, we were cheetahs. We ran all of them. We did it completely different. Almost to the point where we, just let, we didn't even fix some things, and when we finally did pay off the house, it was like, we got a lot to do. we got to get this stuff back together. Like, this, is, this isn't good. I hadn't bought, I was like, I'm not buying any more underwear until the house is paid off. It was just holes, and Beck's like, you got to get rid of these things. We were crazy. But I was like, this is what God wants us to do. I had no idea what was coming. I had no idea that if 
We'd pay off the house and a few years later, he'd say, leave a really great paying job to go be a janitor at another church. And I was like, okay, but we can. And then opportunity came and it's like, okay, now we need to go, we need to help my brother-in-law. So we get to go spend some time. It's a great time with my brother-in-law and help him. And when it came to starting the church, we, and God laid this on our heart to do it. And we're like, yeah, we really want to do this. And, and one of the people we were talking about, they're like, well, it's a big deal. And you've got to realize it's going to be really hard. And we're like, I'm pretty sure it will be. But this is what God's leading us to do. We want to do it. And they're like, um, one of the groups that we went to talk to was like, we will help you get ready for this. But they're like, we're going to run a background check on you and we're going to run your credit before we will even let you come to our conference on, and, on planting churches because if your credit and all that's messed up, they're like, you will not make it through. And I'm like, go ahead and run it. And they're like, well, what do you guys, you know, and then we had to fill out this thing, like, well, what do you owe on this? And what do this? I'm like, we don't owe anybody. I owe Verizon this month's bill, but that's about it. And they're like, we never have that. I'm like, well, God led us to do this so that we could be ready to do it. But we had the faith just to follow through with it and to be like, okay, and to stick with it for five years. But man, we've reaped the fruit of it. We got to to plan a church without any of the stress of, and finances could drip and drop and draw, do whatever. And we're like, we're, we're really taken care of. I didn't see any of that coming, but God knew it. None of it was a surprise. You being here, me being here, all of this, none of this was a surprise to him. And neither is what's coming tomorrow or next week or next month. We're meant to live by faith. It's not something far out. It's not something crazy. It's seeking God. It's spending time in his word, knowing what it says and doing it. And when we watch his faithfulness come through and we're like, he did it. It worked. I forgave. The restoration is there. The healing came. I have that peace. He provided. And we see it over and over again. It gets easier and easier. You can run a marathon if you train. There's so much you can do. I love what Craig Rochelle says. He says, today I will do what others won't. So tomorrow I can do what others can't. Smith Wigglesworth said this, if you wait until you need it to get faith, he says, it's too late. Learn to trust God right now. You're not too young, you're not too old. Trust him in the small things and begin to watch his faithfulness. Write it down if you need to so that you don't forget. Trust him in the small things. He cares about every detail of your life. Psalms 37, 23. The Lord directs our steps and he delights in every detail of our life. There's nothing too small that you speak to him or pray to him about that he's like, that's not important. He delights in it. He loves it. And as you take that step of faith and you see God's holding, supporting, he's faithful, you're able to take the next and the next and the next. Because here's the deal. God loves you. He has a plan and purpose for your life. It's to make a difference on this world. You're not waiting to die. God wants to use you. The mess and things that you're in right now and some of the messes that we've made of our lives, God's like, that's not too much for me. Watch, I'll turn that mess into a message. Let's do this together. 
That's what he wants for you, each and every one of us. So my prayer for you is that you leave here today and you pray, say, God, what do I need to begin doing right now? What are some steps that I can take in faith right now? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? As we're out of time this morning, here's what I, I never want to just assume that because you're here, you know where you stand with God. But you can know. Maybe you've been to church your entire life, but you've never accepted Jesus as the Lord of your life. You've never invited him in. You've never made him the Lord. You've shown up. You've said prayers. You've read the Bible, but you don't have a relationship with him. Jesus came not only to pay the price so that you could be free, but so that you could have a relationship with God. Who's God? He says it's our heavenly Father. And he wants that with you. What separated you and him was our sin. And Jesus came to pay that price so that we could be free. So if you're here today or you're online, you're just like, I want to know where I stand with God. I want to be set free. I want to be forgiven. You can know. Romans says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, we will be saved. If that's you, I'd love the honor of praying with you right in your seat. When we say amen, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God and begin to walk out the plan and the purpose that he has for you. If that's you, at the count of three, I'm going to ask you to be super bold and shoot that hand all the way up, not halfway, all the way up. You're saying, God, I want to be forgiven. I want to be set free. I want what you have for me. If that's you, get ready. One, two, three. Right now, shoot it up all the way. Say, that's me. Today is my day. Awesome. Awesome. All right, let's put those hands down in this room, online, wherever you are. Let's pray with those that lifted their hands. Repeat after me. And those that lifted your hands, as you say these words, make them your own. Say them from your heart. Let's pray together. Everybody say, Jesus, thank you for shedding your blood, for dying for me. God, forgive me and make me new. From now on, I'm going to live for you with all that I am I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.